So we're here. Moran. Moran. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the latest edition of the Super Puppy Podcast. I am your host, Tony, a.k.a. Chicago Slim, and we have a wonderful show in store for you today. Our guest, you can say something, guest. I can say something, guest. <laughs> yeah, you can say something, guest. Welcome to the show. This is the magnanimous Ralph Cooper. Welcome to the show. Yeah, thank you. We are very happy to have you here. Um, the name of the show, are you ready for it? I'm listening. Is Death to Bitch Assness. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, we can do that. Yeah, like, I, I feel like you and I as a team, as a power team, can put Death to Bitch Assness if we combine our minds, our humor, and our wit. It's going to take a little grit. What about the baseball bat I have in the back of the car? Well, we may need that. We'll, we'll, I like that you're prepared, but we're going to go with a non-violent stance and then come back to the violence. I at home. That's not <laughs> Well, you know, we, you're, you're turning more towards Halloween with it. Purge. <laughs> you know, right. Purge. I support that. Let's keep, let's keep it non-violent for now. Okay. So, Ralph, one of the things I like to have my guests do is to say the name of the podcast three times fast. Okay. So we go Super Probably Podcast, Super Probably Podcast, Super Probably Podcast, go. Super Probably Podcast, Super Probably Podcast, Super Probably Podcast, go. All right, he did that. That first one sounded a little half of it. Right, but you did it. I'm proud of you. Let me go and grab ass. <laughs> That's not what it. Let me, let me go and grab ass. That's that. <laughs> let me go and grab ass. No. Sure, Ralph sure. Cooper, let me describe you to the people who have been living under a rock and never heard of you. Okay? You are a comedian, which is... And on the podcast, guys, you'll learn that I have a lot of comedians because it is something that I do, and uh, I'm hilarious. That's true. You know what I'm saying? Like, hello? So, that's that. So, Ralph is a comedian. I've known him for eons. Yeah, very long time. We're going to talk about how long we've known each other because comedy is the glue. A Morehouse man who showed astonishment at the fact that I rep the pink and green. I did. I, 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 I can't even lie. I, I was, I'm very impressed uh, with you as an AKA. Thank you. Um, simply because you're not obnoxious. Oh. Um, you're not light-skinned. Oh. Um, I'm and, not. And, and your hair is curly, and I like that. <laughs> I'm not uh, light-skinned. Wait, let's go no, back to no, that no, one. Damn. No, I'm never back to this moment. I thought I was. I thought I was. No, 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 you're not. Damn. You're not. All right. Still attractive. Thank you. Look, okay. Shoot, she's Very attractive, but I like you. Okay. We're going to talk about Awesome Thursdays. Mm Mm-hmm. That was an amazing time. I hosted many times. You did. You did. I love that place. I like talking about Awesome Thursdays, especially when you talk about or look at it from our historical point of view, because um, initially... (laughs) I was supposed to host a room on U Street that you ended up hosting. Ah. And <laughs> Watch your back. I'm just saying, when they asked me to do it, they, they had all this conversation like, yeah, come on, Ralph, we want you to host this room. It's all right, cool. And then I show up the first night and you're there. And I'm like, what is she doing here? <laughs> oh, we asked her to host too. Well, why did you tell me to come down <laughs> and host the room if you asked her to host it? Y'all, y'all were talking about doing it together? Well, no. No, that's all we're like, thinking. No, we... we just want her to host it. Um, <laughs> and uh, I definitely can say... Shout out where you see. I was mad initially. Yeah, that was all where you see. I was mad initially until I saw you get on stage and I heard you start talking. And I was like, you know what? Okay, I can follow that. She's Thank good. you. Yes. She's cool. Because I will create a vibe. No, you do. You do. You do. And it's uh, as somebody who's hosted a room or as somebody who's done it, uh, that's to me one of the most difficult things about the whole damn process. That, we'll get into it. Part. We'll get into it. Okay. Hold that thought. Yes, ma'am. Okay. Another factoid which we can describe, Ralph, is the well, a member mm-hmm. of the coolest black, black family in America, according to Ebony Magazine. Uh, yeah, there's that. <laughs> and this is just a Google stroke away, guys. Yeah, no, yeah, no, no, no. It's, um, told you my daughter just got a phone. <laughs> uh, she got it from her stepfather. Oh. And it was the first thing that she brought up on the phone to show him, which was, in my opinion, <laughs> I was very proud of her for that. Like, that's, that's the first thing you showed him? She's like, yeah, he didn't seem to like it. I was like, mm. Yeah, because I am the coolest. I mean, Ebony said it. Who can? The how shade, can you deny Ebony Magazine? The shade that my daughter threw last night at the at the at the, at the 
sperm donor made me very happy. <laughs> this is a shade-friendly environment, so we please like shade. bring all the shade. And then most importantly, the Kevin Hart presents Heart of the City. You were rocking the mic. Yeah, there's that. Um, <laughs> the Kevin Hart thing was very uh, bittersweet. And, um, you know, whenever you're ready to get into it, we can't, but it was bittersweet. It was... Uh, it was one of those moments that you wait for as a comic where you're like, oh, I got the call. I got yeah. the call. Like Comedy Central called me and said, hey, can you do this? Right. And, uh, <laughs> you know, you, you, I can even show you my phone. They made me um, do outfit changes. They made me um, they made me do a whole bunch of stuff. I love like, outfit changes, y'all. I'm about yeah. to do one right now. Hold on. No, I'm not. I'm just <laughs> going to change into Supergirl. Right. Like, like I got a, my sweatshirt. I see that. I see that. Um, but at the end... Uh, when it finally came on, um, it came on. Um, it was a weird weekend because my father-in-law died. Oh no! Uh, the same weekend that the show came on, and so you know, I'm trying to be supportive for my wife, and you know, be like, "Oh, baby, you know, I got you." Right, like. But in the back of my mind, I'm like, "Oh my God, it's 24 hours until the <laughs> show comes on. I'm gonna be on TV. Oh my God!" And then the show comes on, and I am on Comedy Central for all of a half a second. Like, literally. Like right a glimpse? Yo, know, it's so fast. No. And, um, you know, it's funny because um, my cousin, who you met, who runs RFD, shout uh-huh. out Jason, and my, my lawyer slash agent slash best friend, my, my main man, Brandon Dozier, stays around the corner from here. What up? If you watch that episode... And Oral Henry. All of them get more camera time than I do. Like, just more camera time. And they weren't even on stage. They weren't even on stage. I'm talking, like, full shots from different angles. Like, just tons of camera time that y'all don't even need. They didn't even have jokes. They didn't have audience eating like. Oral called me. Here's tea for you. Oral calls me. And I know Oral Henry, but I don't, you know, we, I know some comedy. I'm not going to friend. And uh, I'm on my way to the gig. And Oral calls me and says, hey, man, I know you got on, so if you got on, I'm just as funny as you are. How you, how you get on? Who I need to call? And I was like, what? This is last like, Why would you say something like that to me? <laughs> they call me from New York. This ain't got nothing to the locals. And I kept thinking about that because when I watch it on TV, Oral is all in the camera oh, the damn. whole show. It might as well have been Oral Henry Lamb. Like, it's, just, <laughs> it's so much Oral in the camera between Oral and my cousin. It's just Stop the it. whole show. And, um... I remember watching the show, and uh, I, I didn't see myself initially, and I literally, my wife will tell you, I literally broke down in the chair, like, what, why? Like, I was oh, waiting. sorry. I've been waiting for this, you know, so I wanted to quit my job on the show. <laughs> I was on Comedy Central last night. All of y'all can eat a dick. I'm right. out. And it didn't happen like that. Like, it just, and so I'm in the room. I'm upset. Um, I, was, I was really upset. And uh, you hear my wife in my front say, I found you. Uh-uh. <laughs> I, said, what? I found you. And she told That's me. That's what, shout out to your wife. Yo, she was like scouring that screen. Yo, she, yo she went through it. Me, um, if you are to watch the show, the very first commercial break right after Jamel, uh, when the screen says coming up, you see me for all of life. Damn. Word. But thanks to technology, I slowed that shit down. I, <laughs> I got three page. full minutes. Oh, man, it was like I walked forever to have somebody <laughs> in microphone, so it worked out. Um, Just a long blink left. Yo, right. But it taught me some important lessons, too. Um, on the backstage side, uh, well, screw it. There was a lot of drama as far as uh, Sean Joyce, me, uh, were concerned. Um, and... Uh, the people who were the plastic cup boys, for like a better word, Naeem, um, Joey, uh, uh, even um, mm, he's from here, big tall DC brother. Um, you don't really see him on the on the circuit. It's a lot right of now. those. Yeah, but he's he's uh, he he. Golly, I can see this dude's name. If I saw him again after he was here, pocket my shoe. But they all would give me really good, very solid advice. Oh, okay, me. that's good. That's you um, know sometimes that's no, it really helped. It the did. lesson, you know, that's it, what it you was, get from it. Was. it. Yeah. Um, the fact that I had uh, people in my corner when I started, like Joe Claire and uh, Queen Aisha, were definitely my pillars when I started. Yeah. And both of them, um, in their own ways, reached out to Kevin to tell, you know, Kevin is people's like, yo, no, he's ready and stuff like oh, that. Oh, that's what's up. Um, Joey, uh, Joey Porter, uh, right before I got on stage, uh, pulled me aside and was like, look, I just talked to Joe. 
I told the queen, and they both didn't want me to let you know that everything's gonna be all right. Da 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 da. And I was, you know, I was very humble. Yeah. You know, um, Kevin Hart had spoken with uh, Queen, and Queen Aisha had told him stuff about me. So when I finally did get the chance to meet him, dude was like, oh yeah, and, you know, I know Queen gave you a first paid gig. This that, 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 oh, that's you know, what's uh, So all those kind of things were cool. Um, I really enjoyed that aspect of it. It was a really good experience. Mm-hmm. Um, the flip side. That was the hard part because, like, after you do something like that, you know, for the next couple months, including my college homecoming, telling everybody, like, uh, yeah, I think I'm supposed to be on this Kevin Hart. Yeah, show. right. Like, you want to go tell the yeah. TV? You're going to have to set your DVR you know, or you anything. You might want to watch it. Of course, they were like, oh, we're going to be on Kevin Hart. Yeah. <laughs> and so after the shit aired, it was like, yeah, I'm going to hide the closet now. I'm good. Just, <laughs> right. I told so many people what I was going to do, and it was like, yeah, I'll be hiding. In the closet. I will be back in about 30 days. Yeah, I'm going to be all right. Hopefully, I get some facial hair in that time period. uh, That's still a bomb experience, though, you know? It was a really good experience. And and, and honestly, it it takes, uh, and I say her name, I talk about her a lot. Uh, I really said my wife helped put it in perspective. Uh, because the first thing that everybody kept saying to me was like, oh, well, I ain't been on Comedy Central one second. Okay, neither have I. Like, stop talking to me like trying to find this silver cloud. There is no silver lining in this. Like, like it is what it is. It is what it is. Yeah. Like, you know, um, it was. it is the highest check that I received as a comedian. It was Boom. a very nice check. Coins. Uh, word. It was nice enough to... Uh, Take out my mother, my father, and my family to Joe's Crab Shack. What? With drinks? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. The big cup, too. Right. Big home cup drink. With drinks or without? Yeah, That's yeah. A souvenir cup drinks. Qualifier. Son. That's the check. Souvenir cup drinks. Right. I'm sorry. Making that money. Or um, what you want. You right, right, right. Y'all can get two of them pails. I don't even care. Um, it was cool, though. Don't even eat the rest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to take some of that home. Like, <laughs> y'all can get two right now. Um, but it was cool. It was a cool experience. Uh, like I said, the bittersweetness of it all was uh, just uh, being on air so briefly. And I looked really good, and that annoyed me, too. I don't like looking good and, like, wasting that time. What'd you have too. on, like a... Um, oh, man, I still have that in my phone. I had a, I had a, a white... It was a paisley white shirt where the paisleys were sublimated. So you oh, shit. Paisley? They yeah. brought out the paisley. I had this, uh, if I had to get name dropping out on a Calvin Klein sport jacket. Oh, we love a Calvin Klein. Calvin Klein ladies fits for hips, just FYI. That is true, and it makes big boys not look that fat. You know, shout he out. likes. Shout out. Um, <laughs> and then uh, I had on a wooden tie. Uh, which I like very much. Oh, snap. Um, that was dressed. I, I went pretty hard. Like a stiff piece of wood or like flexible? Uh, no, it's a, it's a stiff piece. Of, uh, it's a company called Ella Bean from out of Florida. Uh-huh. Um, and they make hand carved uh, ties. I told you I'm bougie. Look uh, at this. Hand carved ties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I do. Uh, you know? I, looked, oh, I felt like I looked really good. My geometry was on point. I had just got the haircut. So. Um, I was really feeling how cute I was looking that night. And they were like, mm, not enough. Yeah, no, they were like, well, they told me, to be fair, they said going into it that uh, in the other cities that they had hit up, that the host hadn't made the show. So they were like, don't get your hopes up too much. They're like, if you do a really good job, then we'll have to figure out a way to put you in. Yeah. And at the end of the night, everybody who was there was like, oh, you did a really good job. So uh, everybody did a good job, right? No. No, not everybody. I did a good job. No, okay. no, um, I gladly talk about that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. right, um, the shade. Jamel, uh, Jamel Johnson was amazing anyway. He did very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lafayette and Rob Mayer clearly did good. Oh they, yeah, they Lafayette. Made the show. Shout uh, out to Lafayette. That's our boy from Red Lounge. Well, you know what's crazy is what Lafayette um, that night in there he did good, but it was weird because you know Lafayette is so tall and so awkward. Like he was literally. Hanging from the ceiling, doing his set. Like he was, his arms were like this, and he was just like talking down to everybody like a slob. Like, yeah, so I'm gonna give y'all these jokes. You know, and, and to Lafayette's credit, he's hilarious. He's been hilarious yeah. forever. Uh, so he killed it. Um, Rob Bear. Look, if you want to be a white comic that can kick it with black dudes and date black women. You need to study the book of Rob Mayer. <laughs> oh, okay? okay, let's write that down. Study the Rob book of Rob Mayer. Rob Mayer, I'm, I'm saying it on tape. However, Rob Mayer is an absolute cold beast. Like, the dude murdered that night. Like, just was just so nonchalant about it. Like, all of us were ner- I was definitely nervous because I don't know what. I was freaking out. Rob where was, where, like, where was it? It was at? It was at a big hunt. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, which brings on the last person, uh, Sean Joyce, who performed that night. Mm. But it was, <clears> yeah, it, mm. 
This beer is awesome. Is so, it? I'm gonna have a sip. So cheers. Well, cheers. So Did y'all hear good. that? We cheers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm. So yeah. Um, I don't know. The whole day. Was. The whole day was uh, the experience. Too, because uh, they did a round table at Ben's Chili Bowl, and if you afterwards no before <laughs> oh okay if you watch the if you watch the show oh I saw okay I saw this okay so if you watch the show it's in the beginning where they do this whole round table talking about DC comedy but again if you look in the background you'll see a tall black dude in a white and red uh, uh, kind of like a warm up jacket shout out Arsenal because that's what that jacket was but that was you oh yeah that's me oh. and they asked me while it was going on that I want to sit in a round table and I was the only person there uh, who hosted and ran a room Sean couldn't make it and I told them at the time because uh, I didn't know any better I said look I'd love to sit in but if this was made for Sean to sit in I'm not trying to take his spot like, that's oh just look at that well, I mean, look, uh, good things happen, but I'm a very big believer in don't be greedy about good shit. Yeah. Like, something good, like, they, they, um, even the, uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> nah, I'm not really said it before, anyway, so screw it, here we go. They called me that Monday to mm-hmm. do the show, but they, Comedy Central, did not call me. Oh, okay. Uh, Sean Joyce had to call me. <laughs> and, uh, when Sean called... Actually, he didn't call. I was sitting, uh, it, was, it was April Fool's, too. So, uh, I'm sitting at my computer. We had sent the kids to school. And uh, Sean comes up on my screen and says something like, Hey, I need to talk to you. Hit me up. And I, of course, ignored it because I'm me. And <laughs> then the Shade. second line. Right. Then the second line that comes in was like, Yo, this is going to be the show. It's a Kevin Hart show. It's going to be in D.C. And it's Comedy Central. And they want you to host it. Yeah, and tell me all the things so I can respond to your call. Like, you know, don't be well, nonchalant about the key details. When, they, when he wrote that part, I didn't point wrote back, like, stop bullshitting. <laughs> yeah. Like, fuck you. Like, I'm like, whatever, dog. You're not, no. That's not happening. Right. Uh, and then I, the next line I wrote him said, if it's really supposed to happen, then call me. And I uh, put my number in there and he called. And, um, huh? yeah. Like, Who's this? And he was like, you told me to call. I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> and I said to him, I was like, look, uh, point blank, uh, we're not friends. I don't want to front like we are. Um, we've got stuff in the air between us. So you have to understand that calling or hitting me up April Fool's weekend, April Fool's Day, and saying that I'm supposed to host a Kevin Hart yeah, show. Yeah, it's mean, like. Come on. Prank levels, you know. <laughs> he was prank levels, and I gotta see you in the street. Yeah, so like, like, nah, like you're not gonna do that. Uh, doing without, these levels of pranks. Dude. Yeah, without getting too too deep, he basically told me the whole situation and what happened. Um, and um, to long story short, Comedy Central sent him a list of the comics that they wanted, um, and they asked him to make the phone calls uh, to let us know that we were on. Why him? Sean, um, Sean. Again, mainly two two reasons. One, because Sean was doing his due diligence, and um, quite fairly to him, comedy and comedy production is a full time thing for him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. So you know, if he gets a call from a, from a comic from out of New York or a comic from out of Iowa or somebody who's trying to do something in DC, because it is a full time business to him, he has to respond. Oh, okay. Because um, that's how he's getting paid. Mm-hmm. Whereas with me at the time, I was working, so. Uh, apparently, yeah, yeah, and apparently they had reached out to me. Um, sent an email to my booking email telling me that they were trying to do this thing and blah blah blah, but I missed it because I wasn't booking myself, so I didn't see. Oh, gosh, it. Uh-huh. Looking at my booking email and uh, young comics, yeah. be on your stuff, okay? Yeah, on, yeah, even when you're not on, just be on it because you just never know the opportunity just come. And uh, I just screwed that one up. If um, Sean was calling and told me they wanted me to do the show, now I went back and opened the email. Uh, that's what made it even funnier. The guy that for Comedy Central that I'm supposed to call for Kevin Hart was named Cletus. Uh-uh. And I'm like, no, I'm not, I'm not calling her Cletus for Kevin Hart. That's right. Where you find Cletus? More pranks, right. damn it. Yeah, okay, you're real good. Yeah, you're good. Um, and Cletus actually ended up being a real person. So it was He's like, like uh, this is Cletus. This is Cletus. I know it. I'm like, oh, wow, you're really Cletus. You're white. You know that, right? Like, oh, your mama named you Cletus on purpose? This is Cletus. Right. He was like, hey, I'm from Tennessee, so go get it. So he, but he was a good dude. Uh, they, uh, like I said, the whole process was just 
interesting because I've never really been through anything yeah. like that before. And uh, I still have uh, pictures of every piece of paper I had to okay, sign. Okay, that's it um, with me. You know, everything that in I had a golden to sign, box. Everything that they asked me to do, I kept copies of everything. Uh, because, like, you know, one, to learn, and two, like, it's a pretty cool experience. I don't know what's going to happen again, so screw it. Hopefully it will. I wish uh, that for you. It did this summer. So. Oh, snap. Well, we don't yeah. get into that. This yeah. is good. Thank you for sharing that with us. Okay, so let's transition into comedy. How long have you been doing comedy? What was your first experience? Um, I have been doing comedy since uh, 2005. Um, there was a... I, uh, 2005, what's that, like 12 years? OG's in the house. Yo, uh, you an OG. Yo, I get keep when when you say it, it doesn't sound that bad. Uh, when the white <laughs> kids on the street say it, it makes me feel like I want to hurt people. No, um, I no. feel like I'm an OG. Shit. No, you are an OG, but we go so far. I mean, I be like representing respect. Yeah, put some sorry. respect on my put name. my respect on my name. Are y'all done yet? Um, <laughs> yeah. I I started in 2005 because I was working. Um, my career at that point had been working for National Public Radio. I was a producer for Morning Edition, Tavis Smiley Show, stuff like that. Okay. And the moniker that I received in the building, um, they used to say, if you look up an angry black man on Wikipedia, it would be a picture of me um, in the morning meeting screaming at somebody. Yeah, I believe it. Um, I, I believe was, it. Yeah. I was, <laughs> yeah. I was a little angry back then. Yeah. And um, part of the reason I started to do comedy was because I wanted to prove to people that I just wasn't that angry. Like, I'm not... Like, I'm really nice. God I'm, damn I'm, it. Yeah, I'm not going that far, but I'm not... You know what I mean? Like, I'm not, like, clutch a purse in the elevator meeting. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to rob you in the elevator. Yeah, I got a comedy So, on a scale of one to ten, if ten is mean and one is, like, super sweet, where were you? Where are you? Somewhere between four and six. Okay, five. Yeah, nah, because five, <laughs> five would mean that I'm acting a certain way all the time. So on any given day, you yeah, can catch me at a four? four. Yeah, you're more likely to catch me at the four than you are at the six. Uh, the kids are around, you'll definitely catch me at the six. But uh, for the most part, yeah, I, I I really did do comedy just to prove that I wasn't as mean as people said I was. And look and, at how uh, successful you are at it. Um, um, so when like, so 2005 was comedy. So when did you transition to doing rooms? I know you said that I squelched your initial you, you did, opportunity. You, 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 you kind of face palm me the Kim Baby Tumbo style. Um, Get out of here! Yeah, what is this? this is not for you. <laughs> yeah, this is not for you. <laughs> this is not for you. You do not want this business. My bad. No, but but you know what? That was a blessing. Um, to be very honest, it was a blessing. Um, when the opportunity was given to me initially, uh, I wasn't ready. Yeah, I just wasn't ready. I, I um, doing comedy, starting out doing comedy now versus starting out doing it in two thousand five was so different. vastly different. Um, so different. Our social media was MySpace, and nobody was tripping about MySpace. Wait, Rob, let me make you crack up. I posted this video mm. of me rapping to ninety three to infinity, and at the end, I quote this website I had back then, funnygirl.net dot net, mm-hmm. and I was like, shout out my MySpace page. <laughs> I was like. How old am I right Yo, now? I, I mean, MySpace. To put, to put it in somewhat fair comparison, I saw my wife for the first time on a MySpace. Page. Oh shit! Um, MySpace making right. lives different. But not not adult friend finally, but MySpace. <laughs> MySpace. We when we started out, um, the idea of doing two and three rooms in a night as a newbie was. No way. Yeah. In fact, the only person back in 2005 who could uh, hit more than one room a night was Seton Smith. That's what I was going to say. It was Seton. He was the only person in the whole area. I'm talking about Rob. Rob Mayer was doing comedy. Uh-huh. Lafayette was doing comedy. But it'd be, a, it'd be a night where you could go to Japanese, for example. Yeah. Shout out be, to all those. Yeah, oh all those old school rooms, they brought it. But like Japanese was a room where you would go in and there would be five or six people ahead of you who were just on Deaf Comedy Jam. <laughs> and they'd be looking at you like, your turn. I'm like, y'all been doing this for like two weeks. Like, you, no. We all we got. We all we got. That's all I got is three minutes of joke. I got, that's it. I got <laughs> Don't do else. me. And um, Soho, Soho, I remember uh, going to Soho and seeing Jimmy Merrick, seeing um, um, Rory, seeing Jermaine Fowler, yep. um, seeing Aaron Jackson, yep. um, 
And it's crazy to, to like, I was just telling somebody the other day, like, I saw a Seton on Conan. Oh, my God. And it was the it. blackest thing I've ever seen Seton do in my life. I life-like. love Seton Smith, please. Seton used to save us at Red Line. Oh I mean, God, at, at Cafe Nima. Seton's a monster. Like, Seton can come in and look like he doesn't give a, a flying shit. And, and we'll go and night. have everybody rolling. rolling. It would be a full house, all professional blacks, because mm-hmm. you know how we did. Mm-hmm. And Jason Weems, we gotta shout out mm-hmm. Jason Weems too. They would come in and kill, and I would be like, I need somebody to go first. And Seaton would be like, I'll go. Okay. And he would just murder. Murder, and then walk away. And be like, all right, I'm gone. Oh. <laughs> wow. Um, now. Now. Uh, dude, you've got now. things that we didn't have to deal with. You've got. Mm. What I call uh, YouTube comedians, like cats who got all kind of hits on YouTube, but then can't stand in front of a room full of three people and oh, do a damn joke, gosh. which I think is hilarious. I don't understand how you do that. Um, you've got people now. Y'all don't um, see it, but Sean's shaking his head in yeah, the back. It's just, it's just amazing. <laughs> you've got people who are convinced that the quickest way to get to the top is by going out every night and hitting as many rooms as you can. Oh my God, be you know? funny first. Yeah, be funny. Like, work on a solid five minutes before you go to, like, three different rooms and try to do five different minutes. Like, kill that noise. Like Rule first. number one to doing comedy. Mm. Be funny. I and if you're not that. funny, keep practicing until you can get funny. We're not saying don't do it. No, 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 no. I'm not saying I agree with you. But I also think that any comic worth is salt. Uh, but it's actually happened. I had a uh, gig with a grassroots company on Thursday. It was Cystic Fibrosis Publish, uh, which is actually cool. Uh-huh. And um, one of the girls in there, of course, nowadays, everybody knows Dave Chappelle, which is hilarious because I'm from D.C. and I ain't never met this dude. Right. But everybody knows Dave Chappelle. Uh-huh. So, <laughs> but me, Jeff. Right. So this one girl, but... <laughs> well, one girl to me, I'm from Ohio, and I definitely know Dave. And when I talked to Dave about whether or not I should do comedy, <laughs> he told me I shouldn't do it. And I was like, yeah, he's right. Because <laughs> that voice like, boo well, ain't well, what do you mean? Like, I don't understand. Like, I, I meet more comics who tell me that I should. Let me explain this to you real simple. Stand-up is a drug. You know how now it's cool for, like, white people to do crack and meth because it's an opioid addiction. <laughs> sickness. When we were growing up, it was a junkie. Yeah. But now it's a sickness. And, yeah. you know, little Bobby needs help. So... Comedy is my opioid. Like, comedy is my opioid. It is an addiction. It is not good for you. <laughs> yeah. It is not good for you. Um, it does have some short-term beneficial uh, things that happen. Like, you definitely get a nice little high when you come off the stage and you do your thing. But you got to argue with promoters. You got to, um, you still got to get put on. You still yeah. got to do your thing regardless of the click. Um, and now, sadly, I feel like you have to be more of a businessman to do comedy or woman. To do comedy. Now, for yeah, sure. Than you had to before. Like, you know, I've seen kids who are not that good. That's the nicest way to put it. I mean, but they've got a website, they've got a t-shirts, t-shirt, they've got merch, they've got podcasts, <laughs> they got all this stuff together. All of the above. And they have less than 10 minutes on stage time total in three years of doing comedy. So it, it's it's different now. Um, yeah. you, you really have people who. Whoop, that's okay. okay. You, really have, uh, you really have people who think that they have found some uh, quick pathway for comedy success. And Erwin, um, Erwin Lord, Erwin gave me the best advice about comedy that I still follow to this day. Nobody beats the process. Nope. You can't beat the process. You, you, you still, if you want to be a good comic, in my opinion, you still got to put yourself in the car. Go and do gigs in places where you ain't got no business being. Yep. In the middle of nowhere where you are the only white person in a room full of black people. Or the opposite. You are the only the black opposite. person in a room full of white people. You're the only straight person in a room full of lesbians. Like, Or the only black person and all the other black people are staring at you like, you ain't funny. Right. Or, or they give you that, <laughs> that is... who let this bougie mother... <laughs> you know both your parents. Nobody, we, do, we don't like those kind of comedians. We don't like, I, that happened to me. I made a joke about it, but it happened to me. I was in Richmond. And I made a joke about, um, I used to have a joke about not being in the, the black comic union. Uh-huh. Because I knew both my parents, I don't eat hot sauce, and I speak in complete sentences of big words. Well, damn. And Even I eat a little hot sauce. I can't, no hot sauce for me. I can't do it. No <laughs> mayonnaise. I got, I got that basil mayonnaise on. <laughs> Is it red, though, well, at least? Mm, mm. <laughs> at least make it red, so mm-hmm. then confuse mm-hmm. us. Mm-hmm. I do basil and cilantro and mayonnaise. I make it myself, but I like mayonnaise. Very in touch with my white side. See, he's white. Oh, so deeply. Um, <laughs> I don't even run from it. I watch soccer. Um, 
Ralph I, I, White. Yeah, yeah. I've heard that since high school. <laughs> it doesn't even bother Stop me. Stop it. You did? What? Oh, my God. Are you serious? We're going to have to have a part two and three and four. Because there's so many layers to your life that are just so in, interesting. Um, <laughs> in high school, in high school, uh, all the way up until I was about a junior. In fact, I know what it was. It was PSATs. But uh, I uh, I definitely caught the, oh, yeah, Ralph. I don't know about black Ralph. I tried out for the basketball team. Um, I stayed on stage with Truman Child for basketball for three straight years in high school. And every year I got better at speech. <laughs> they were um, like, he's white. <laughs> you know, the kids he's would be like, white. yo, man, I mean, you seem cool. You use a lot of hip hop, but why do you talk like that? Like, what, so whatever do talk you mean? like what? Talk like what? I don't understand. <laughs> Everybody always says stuff to me about how I speak, and I don't. Niggas sound like James L. Jones yeah. in eighth grade. Yo, yo, you laughing. It's so true. Like it's not even a game. Like, um, I, I got my, I got, I picked up my accent. Um, in between my junior and senior year of high school, because I was at American University, and my, you know, it was a real chance. Like, you know, they tell you to be in your room by like nine, and nobody's watching you. So, oh right, they we trust were, you. Yeah, White we University. Like, we I were, went to one too. <laughs> yeah, we were in the city. There's a thing called trust. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. Thank you, white people. <laughs> right. um, it was way before Ubers and all that. Yeah. Stuff. We were free as fuck. Yo, yeah. I can get around. Go blue, and, uh, by the way. <laughs> when I got home, uh, the first time, my mom and dad were like, uh, so how was summer? And I was like, yeah, young, it was cool. And I was like, what did you say? Young. What is a young? We're nobody young in this house. Why are you, <laughs> you speaking that way for my go-go intake increase? Like, I, I went from listening to Chuck Brown to like listening to Rare Essence and Northeast Groovers and... That uh, still hasn't penetrated my ears. It just. shouldn't. You're from Chicago. You I'm don't like, need to. No, I grew up here. When you, you grew up here, there's a part, it used to be a part of your life where you had to make a decision. You got around 16 years old and you had to make a choice. Either you were listening to Go-Go or you were going to Baltimore and doing club music. Oh, uh, no, okay. Gotcha. There was no middle ground. Like It was like either you like Go-Go or you like club. If you didn't like either one, people just didn't deal with you. Like, you didn't see the point. Um, you were definitely more outcasted then if you, you know, if you chose to go that way. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I definitely chose go-go. I probably would have if I lived here, but... Why? Y'all had so much dope stuff in Chicago well, yeah. at the same time, like... We could go on and on. Oh you know, we could go on and on. The pride I feel for that place oh. is be... Is... Musically, Chicago may be one of my favorite places on Earth. On Earth. Chicago musically... Don't get me started. I love Chicago. What my pride, you know how Kanye acts when he's like in full crazy. Mm-hmm. That's my Kanye love. That's my Chi-Town love. I like, I like, I like, I like, I like that old Kanye. Oh, we're not gonna. You know let's say, like, let's yeah. say Kanye because yeah, yeah. we'll be like here that. for seven hours. Okay. So let me ask you this. I know I miss him too. He was so good. King Kardashian. Uh, I know. I you going back dating that broke Delta you were talking uh, about. He let it he let me down a little bit, but he let us all down. He let us down. He needs to come back. He actually inseminated that shit. Anyway, oh my god. Go. Okay. <laughs> Question number two. Mm. When did you stop like transition into running a room? And then what did you learn from doing that? Like moving forward um let's recap so awesome thursdays was held in rfd in gallery place this is dc we're talking about um it was in the back room it was set up with the stage and it was set up in a way that comics both seasoned and local could come through and showcase their craft and there was always a bomb crowd drinks food ralph and brad started Brad started it, right? And I had the pleasure of hosting it many, many times. So, people know me there. You know what I'm saying? True. So, tell us about the concept, how it came about, and what, you, what you've grown, what you've learned from doing it and closing it. <laughs> it all happened by mistake. Oh, okay. It's the easiest way to put it. Some of the best things, too. Yeah, no, it, it was totally by mistake. Um, my uh, cousin, Jason Demery, and uh, the guy who used to own RFD, Josh, um, I, I, my wife had sent me to the uh, improv to take the five minutes to funny class. Uh huh. And um, I, I didn't know at the time, but I guess some, some cats in the bar were, were there. They were like, yo, he, he did really good. Uh, they asked to see my tape. Mm-hmm. I showed them the tape. They were like, yo, that was really good. Oh, thanks. Um, but 
We've had people try to do comedy here at RFD before, but it's failed. It never works. You want to give it a shot? Yeah, sure. Screw it. Why not? Uh, but I was afraid of taking on the whole thing by myself, so I went and had Brad to come in. And uh, we went from hawking and yelling at people out on 7th Street, um, yelling at people in the middle atrium, to six months in, we walk in one night, and we didn't know anybody. Like, we wow. didn't know anybody. Like, the whole room was filled. We didn't know anybody. Um, we barely knew the comics that were coming up. We didn't know anybody. And we both were kind of like, we don't even know how this happened. Wow. Um, it was all really a lot of word of mouth. Um, I could sit here and lie to you and be like, oh, we were just so on point with our social media game. And, you know, we have stuff cracking on Instagram. And we have stuff cracking. Yeah. Yeah, we ain't had none of that shit. <laughs> um, we what year did it start? Um, twelve. Uh, yeah, it might, might have been around eleven or twelve. Mm-hmm. Um, we, 2012, guys, not nineteen twelve. Yeah, yeah, come on, yeah. We're not immortals. You might need to help people. That's it. <laughs> um, I'm immortal. Um, <laughs> well, see, <laughs> so I had to clarify. I'm with that. Word. I don't live in a hotel, but I'm close. <laughs> um, say word. We. Everything that happened was uh, literally by mistake. I don't, I don't know any other way to put it. It was literally by mistake. We had, uh, oh, Lord. Wow. Sorry about that. Knocking over niggas. We, um, we started out the room. Um, Brad's uh, Brad parents and my parents actually were very supportive. My wife was very supportive. Um, they, we had little t-shirts. <laughs> Uh, Did you? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I ran across it the other day, moving the stuff in the house with Ralph, Ralph and Brad at Awesome Thursdays. I love it. Um, neither one of us had any real vision about what the hell was about to happen or what was about to take place. Uh-huh. Um, it started out as Awesome Thursdays. It ended as me being the sole proprietor, CEO of District Comedy. All right. Um, we, I learned a lot about creating a company because I didn't know anything about that before. Uh-huh. Um, I learned the importance of if you have a partner in anything, make sure that you both have similar visions of where you're supposed to go at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, a lot of comics make the mistake of thinking that by running a room, they get more stage time. Oh, my. And, you know, they have more. Don't get me started. Where's my soapbox? (laughs) They have more control over the comics. (laughs) And they think that they've got more control over their career. That formula only works for one person that I've ever met. You want to know who it is? Mm. Me, damn it. (laughs) (laughs) Sean, would you agree? I would agree. I've talked about this lots of times. Man, you gotta be fresh. If you're gonna be the same, if you're gonna if you're gonna run a room, in my opinion, uh, there's two things that you, you really gotta make sure that you understand. Number one, you're hosting a room does not mean that you're the feature. No, that's cute. It's not about you. It's not about you. You're hosting the room. It's you're hosting whoever's coming on stage. Whoever other comics are there, whatever somebody's there first time, you're hosting the room. Thank Host you. the effing room. Host the freaking room. Um, that's number one. Number two, um, I know me saying this is not going to help, <clears> but <throat> I'm just going to put it to rest. Anyone who thinks that if you're going to run a room and it's going to result in you getting more stage time, you don't. You don't. Um, I definitely... Um, this is as humble as I can say it. I definitely feel like I ran a hell of a room. Hey, man. Hey, um, man. Give him a pause. But even within running the room, it didn't really increase my bookings locally at all. Um, it's not still, for that. No, I, I still had people coming to the room. Uh, and it was a lot to... Because I'm saying this now because I taught myself to get over it. Yeah. But there's nothing more frustrating than knowing that people are booking people and coming to your room to watch other people say yeah, not to you. Book other people. So you learn the you. hard way. Right. And they're <laughs> telling you, no, you're a hell of a comic. No, you're funny. I don't want you to think you're not funny, but you know, I just came here to book my people. And yeah. they're like, well, look, people. Like, yeah, I mean, um What about me? Right. right. Even when it came to um <laughs> to take it real full circle, the Kevin Hart show, mm-hmm. that was a year in the making. Oh, okay. Um perfect example of mistaken RFD district comedy ish. Uh, we used to do a show 
uh, called the Semi-Pro Show, where we would, you know, oh, right. uh-huh. have five years or more in the game and even get on stage. It was our way of trying to let some of the people who are on their way up get stage time. Yeah. Um, because... I mean, after you've been doing it for a while, you just don't hit open mics. Like, if you're, once you get to the point where you get paid, once you get to the point that you can travel, once you get to the point that you can actually put a reel and all that kind of stuff together, it's not that anything wrong with an open mic. You just stop doing it because you see a bigger goal. And Amen. You, um, we, we started doing the semi-pro shows, mainly so there's a good group of seasoned comedians in D.C. Um, they don't run in a clique. They don't run together. But they're good seasoned TV vets like that have done comedy in this city and they want chances to come out and show people their stuff. So we would get, right. we would do a shortened list, we give everybody ten minutes. Mm-hmm. And on this particular show, this guy, um, there's two people that are important. One is a comic by the name of Die, and that's all I'm gonna say right giving out his last name. Mm-hmm. Um, Die, and then the other guy is a guy by the name of um, which, well, I'll use his street name and say Pookie because it is. What up, Pookie? So Pookie comes up to us before the show starts and was like, "Hey, look, uh, it was Tommy and my cousin. Um, look, um, I just came to visit you all. Um, I'm from LA. You guys got a hell of a buzz going with this room. People out west know who you are. People in New York good. know who you are. Cats in Austin know who you are." And, I just came to check it out. I don't want anybody to call me out. I don't want anybody to say, like, oh, I'm here. You know, this, that, and the other. And and to be honest, again, me and my cousin are just like, okay, there's a grown man named Pookie in our room. Shout him out. I guess we won't shout out Pookie. Like, whatever, dude. I don't know. Come my room, I'm on Pookie. All right, Pookie. Whatever. So, um, yeah, good looking. Yeah, get a beard. Sit in the corner. We're We're busy. So, like, for most of the night, we were joking like that, like a pookie. You can have a pookie, might want some fries. Like, you know, we were talking noise. (laughs) Die gets on stage um, and honestly ate a bag of diseased baby dicks for 10 minutes. Like, it was horrible. It was hard to watch. He brought a lot of family members. He brought a lot of friends. Oh. And was eating it. Like, eating it. I want to say eating it. Oh, 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 And so, he gets to the end of his, his bit. He says another joke that doesn't work. And he says, oh, shit, yo, my bad. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't know if you know this or not, but that's my man, Pookie Wigginton, sitting back there in the corner. Y'all may not know, Pookie Wigginton is the dude that made Kevin Hart who he is. Uh-uh. This is Kevin Hart's business manager. This is the guy that runs Chocolate Sundays in L.A. This is the man. Pookie Wigginton showed up. That's my man. Thank you so much. And then tried to make it seem like Pookie showed up for him. And was like, yeah, that's my man. Thank you, Pookie. The whole room goes nuts. Um, first... You had, uh, and I mean, this, everything I'm saying happened within a span of like maybe a minute. Right. Um, he says that, and the whole room is whoa! The comics start running up on me like, you gotta put me on. You gotta put me on right now. You gotta put me on. Come on, right? You gotta put me on. Put me on. I'll do three minutes. You gotta put me on. Y'all do three minutes. Ago. You gotta put me on. I'm like, oh, oh, oh. They're like literally grabbing and pawing at me. Um, you look over at Pookie's table, and the comics who were like, fuck Ralph, pretty much like, I'm going to talk to that dude. And once I talk to him, he'll put me on stage. And I'm like, what the hell? So my cousin, he breaks out over the Pookie's table, and he's literally, we both play basketball, right? So he's literally, like, boxing <laughs> out comics. You know what I mean? Like, like yo, what the hell? Like, I'm boxing out comics. Like, what the hell? I'm like, yo, if you weren't on the night, you're not going. Like, Whoa. that's number one. Like, call him. That down. is like, crazy. And then, like, he's over there, and Jason is like, what? Y'all think because y'all talking to this dude, he's going to skip me and Ralph and put y'all on stage? <laughs> He didn't even want people to know he was here. Right. And so, like, we're literally, like, and it, it took, like, ten minutes to calm the room back down. <laughs> hey, like, people hey, were literally, hey. like, this dude gets off stage. His people give him his half-ass applause. The comics start running all over the room. Oh, my God. <laughs> and, um, you know, we, we, we calm it all down. And, um, you know, we, we put Pookie even further back in the corner. And we and this time, we just put chairs around the dude because the comics would not stop coming. Like, they would literally wait for me and Jason to walk away. And then they... Hey, Pookie, how you doing, man? Uh, My name is uh, Joe Soul Comic. I've been doing this for like four years. And, da, 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 and he's da. like, oh, okay, I... yeah, I'm really, like, I'm good. So, end of the night, uh, he comes up to us and he was like, yo, I've been doing comedy a long time. I've been running rooms a long time. What you two just did tonight, nobody's ever done. I've never told somebody not to, you know, put me out. And then after I was put out, you know, they didn't do anything. He was like, y'all, you know. Have my back. Y'all have my back. Yeah. So, I'm never going to forget that. 
Um, he said, you know, there was a lot of things being discussed here tonight that we were just not privy. We, I mean, how the fuck are we going to know? Yeah. Um, and uh, to his credit, he spoke to me a lot um, once the show was over with. Like, you know, just on some random calls. Like, how long you been doing comedy? You know, what's your, what's your direction? What are you thinking? This, that, and the other. Um, and it was dope. But he still does. Like, he's a good guy. Like, just... And in comedy, you don't really get a chance to meet a lot of those. But, like... Yeah. This dude is, he's got the keys. Like, I mean, there's no question about it. I got the keys, Oh, keys, man, he's keys. got a lot of keys. <laughs> so, um, he, um, um, a year passes. Okay. Um, I get the call from Sean. Uh, I know without going into the extra details that Sean did not put me on at all. As one of the comics I was supposed to do the show, uh, uh, I wasn't even on his radar. Not even a little bit. Um, and once I knew all the details of that, it led back to how the fuck did I get this opportunity? Um, the morning of the show, I called Pookie and was like, look, um, I got a huge gig tonight. <laughs> and I know I've been working hard, but my hard work is not the result of this tonight. I didn't reach out to nobody. Okay, right. I didn't try out. I just got to know. Was it you? Was it you? <laughs> Literally, you know what I'm saying? Dude says, not only was it me, but he said, we came up with this whole show that night when we were sitting in your room at RFD. Amen! And I was like, what? And he was like, not only that, he was like, you were the first person booked nationally on this show. He was like, no matter what we do, Ralph Cooper's going to host that show in D.C. And I was like, what? And uh, he started telling me about Queen calling him and Joe Claire and all the other stuff. And, um, you know, he, he really, he really sized me up. I ain't no friend. Yeah, hell but, yeah! But, but he said to us, me and then my cousin and I both, uh, we point like I asked him like why are we at Big Hunt doing this and he told us which again was also a pat on the back oh okay uh, uh-huh. he said that uh, we did it at Big Hunt because we needed a place that looked grimy we needed a place that had exposed brick we needed a place that showed the pipes hanging from the ceiling because we didn't want to show the prettier side of comedy he was like you all's room so your room looks better than the improv uh, look, <laughs> I mean he said, your room looks better than the improv he said we couldn't have done the show with the concept of the show using RFD. He yeah. said it just wouldn't have worked. Especially with the stage, I can see, yeah. Well, I mean, that's what we said, but our stage is makeshift as hell. Like, you know, it's just... Yeah, I mean, a, if you look at with your real eyes, right, but on TV eyes... TV eyes, yeah. it looks right. So, uh-huh. he basically said that there were other um, comedian agents, people, that he suggested if you're coming to D.C., you go to the room and... Uh, that happened. Like, it's just that happened. Uh, there was a night where I got sick, and the entire Channel 7 News team showed up, and um, there was nothing I could do. It was like one of the late, it was one of the nights where it was a, kind of a light night, too. Uh huh. But like the whole news team showed up Jim Vance, all of them. And, uh, Rest in peace. Yeah, no doubt. And uh, I couldn't even stay because I was sick. Uh, there was another night when uh, uh, Christopher Reed. Um, from Kid and Play. Oh, I was like, Christopher Reeves? Yeah, I thought right, he uh, died. rolled in the wheelchair. Like, oh, <laughs> uh, no, Chris Reed. The ghost? Right? Chris Reed and uh, Dante uh, Kim showed up one night. And um, I was I was, I was, was sick. I was so sick. And um, Tony Woods calls me and was like, hey, man, I don't give a fuck if you're sick at night. You need to get your ass out. <laughs> okay, you better so roll your ass. I got down there long enough to take a picture with well, both of them. And it's on my Instagram. And you see me take this picture. And I literally just bounced after that. Like, like I was, and I'm back in the like, I, could, I don't even know how the picture turned out. This time. I felt like I was sweating <laughs> the whole time going up to take a picture. Um, and uh, screw it, kid. Uh, that it was funny, kid. Uh, Chris Reed. I was like, hey man, you smoke? And I was like, uh, yeah. <laughs> and he was like, well, take some of this, man. It make you feel better. Shit my hand, and you know, roll out. So I get in the car. Christopher Reed has his own strain of weed. Stop it! What's the name of um, it? Kid, Kid and Blaze or something <laughs> like that. And the, I and love the it. Symbol, and the little symbol looks like Kid with the old flat top. You know what I'm saying? People, that's why you gotta love black people because well, they will make some shit, do some shit. With him, with him um, a year before. Kid and Blaze. A year before, uh, my wife had a uh, <laughs> my wife had this uh, thing. She was speaking at the Tom Joyner family reunion, uh-huh. and uh, you know, scored away from the whole family. My wife, my my, my daughter, my son, all of us to go. Yes. Um, at the time, the only thing I was concerned about was the World Cup. 
Well, naturally. Soccer head. Right. And um, I'm trying to know, it was actually an Arsenal game at the time. And I was just trying to watch the game. Like, I didn't really care about Jacko. So, once I watch the game, I'm good. Right. But, like, you can't just have me, I, I, I react badly. So, I'm at the bar, and I see him. Like, he was there, like, sitting next to me. I didn't say it. <laughs> you were just didn't like, say I'm Because uh, people were walking up to him on the OC, like, oh, my God. Oh, my God, Twin Hype was somebody's better. It wasn't my song. <laughs> In my mind, I'm sitting there like, yeah, his song wasn't Twin Hype. His song was too hype. Right. It wasn't a song. It was an album. Like, you know, like, I knew the shit. But I wasn't I listening to I thought they had a song. I'm too hype. Too hype was a song. Okay. But the dude kept saying Twin Hype. <laughs> what was that? To, uh, uh, another group. There was another group. Okay. The dudes were twins. And they had flat tires. Oh, got you. Like, and, uh, <laughs> the whole time I refused, like, in my mind, I'm like, I'm just not going to ride his dick. I'm not. I'm not, not going to speak to him. I know he's a comic. I ain't saying nothing. He ain't performing at this joint. I ain't saying a word. I'm listening to him complain about yeah. people trying to use him on the face. Yes. I ain't saying no. No. So that night at RD, when I saw him, was like, I, was I, saw you, man. Why you I told him, I, straight up, yeah, I saw you, and I, I wasn't going to say nothing to you, like, I, I didn't know what to do at the time, da 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 and he was like, yeah, it's good you did, because I was really drunk on that trip, and I was like, oh. Okay, okay. Good, good, good to know, good glad to know. I didn't bring the kitties. No, no, I brought the kids, we just glad we didn't talk. And try right, to <laughs> like, hey kids, and you start acting crazy. Um, Wiggling yeah. his high top at your kids, like, hey, kids. Yeah, he had the weird twist at that time, too. Like, he, Oh, that was horrible. Well, it's because it's cause that when you're in your 20s. It goes up. When you're in your 30s, it parts. <laughs> so, like, you got to do something with that, with that part. You can't just keep that no more. He's like, I'm just going to braid them up. I'm just going to braid it up. I'm just going to braid mine. It okay. works crisscross. This was a great conversation. And, guys, if you want to hear more about Ralph and his expertise as a comedian, don't worry. We're going to have him back. We are going to talk more about his experiences and all that. But right now, you know, I got to do what I do and switch gears. Mm. And we're going to talk about a thing called bitch assness. True. That's what we're here for. I hate a bitch ass nigga. I, I, hate, I hate bitch ass people in general. Um, I hate the fact that we can't necessarily use bitch ass niggas talk about females and males. I mean, but like, I agree according with to Urban Dictionary, I think... I think he can. You can? I think so. Hmm. Okay, here it is. A brother, this is bitch ass nigga. Now there's two at there's two definitions that I like to look at. Hmm. And guys, if you've listened to the show for a couple of episodes, you know that Urban Dictionary is where I go to get the tea. Okay? Hmm. This the top definition for a bitch ass nigga hmm. is a brother that acts like a sister. No. Always whining and talking too much, taking your stuff and talking behind your back. Um, as a 41-year-old black man who grew up uh, from the dawn of hip-hop, I like to say that that answer was written by white people who were trying to <laughs> put some misogynistic hip-hop agenda forward. Um, no, a bitch-ass nigga is not a nigga that's acting like a woman because bitch means a female dog, number one. Um, not a female black sister. Queen, salt mother of the earth. That's Amen. Do you hear um, that? No, that's not what that means. Um, and a bitch ass nigga is somebody who's whining, complaining, um, trying to show out. Uh, my dad would say a bitch ass nigga is somebody who lies on their dick. And that's pretty much <laughs> my take on it most of my life. Like, I just, you know what I'm and the dick clearly is the metaphor. Like, it's not that you're literally lying on your dick, but you're lying about every exploit and everything that you've done in your life. Yeah, about your so, life. Right, you know what I'm saying? And those two are bitch ass niggas. Especially in this internet age, because you got a whole lot of internet gangsters. People talking that noise online and shit. Then when they see you in the streets, they want to hug you and borrow your cigarette. <laughs> um, at least that's been my experience. Um, and I also think that the quotient of bitch acidry uh, has, has hit new heights. You see he's making adjectives and pronouns now. Yeah, uh, speech majors. Bitch acidry. I have a good friend of mine that um, was an MMA fighter. Mm-hmm. And uh, he used to be the barback at, at RFB. Oh, okay. And every night we Jeez. we would leave and we would say the same thing. You know, people just aren't used to getting hit in the mouth anymore. Like Damn. nobody, nobody. Well, I mean, and, and, and again, it's more of a metaphor than literally saying you need to just go around and punch people in the face. Yeah. But it's the truth. Like people like, just don't take hits. People don't know how to like. Everybody's so super offended all the time. Um, yeah. So quick to be like, oh, I'm, I'm worried about offending. I'm like, fuck it, offend them. It's cool. Like I don't. Like they will be fine. They'll be all right. They'll get over it. Um, I, I, I feel like the and. You know, we might be differing on this, but I feel like bitch, bitch acidry is so real that it stopped me from watching the NBA. 
Stop it. Okay, you know my my sports mind is a little delayed. Mm. So I need special education in sports. Okay, basketball. Uh, <laughs> I mean, well, not that remedial. Peach baskets. Uh, <laughs> not that remedial. Oh, okay. Um, here, here it is. The problem is, I grew up in an age where there was somebody like Charles Barkley, for example. Yeah, now that's about, when I watched it. We're not going to talk about Charles off the court. All we're going to talk about is the round mound and rebound being the exact same height I am. He was six four. Right. Averaging 18 to 19 rebounds a game. Um, you had Dennis Rodman, who still did the, the unthinkable to me, averaging 22 rebounds a game. That's hard. You're not doing anything else. Right. More importantly, the Allen Iversons of the world, if they had to come into the room and dunk, they had to be brawling. They had to get to the rim. Yeah, right. We got a game now where, and I ain't going to screw it. Kevin Durant ain't lost no money for me. I like Kevin Durant a little bit. Problem I got with Kevin Durant is that you seven foot tall and you taking charges, and he's not the only one. Like now, these big dudes, somebody small to come in the lane, and instead of saying this is my lane and you ain't coming in here, right. they fall down. Oh, uh, okay, okay. Like I've that. seen this on people the block shots and they don't throw it out and yell at people anymore. Like I just, I don't know. I, I feel like now the, the whole everything is like geared towards people being soft. I, I do, I do agree with you. I do agree that people in basketball get called the bitch asses way more than they did back when Jordan was playing. Well, yeah, no, I mean, even Jordan, and I'm, and I know saying this to you could be a problem, but I'm not so a Jordan don't. fan. I'm not a Jordan so just... fan. But, 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 I will say, <laughs> I can feel the eye just looking at me. What you say? But I will say this, Jordan, those teams that he played He's amazing. On, okay. Jordan, those teams that Incredible. He played, uh, okay. <laughs> um, those, those, Spectacular those, um, athlete. He had a way of letting you know that if you don't get this done, I'm going to cut you in the parking lot. And I miss that. Like that's that's just what My it is. My grandpa had that too. I, I miss that. You I, know I, miss, what I miss Smash Mouth football. <laughs> I miss I miss understanding that a black woman is not angry. That's just her right to tell you what to do. You know what I mean? Like that's just what it is. Like I grew up in an age, and I ended up marrying. Um, a strong woman because Amen. I like strong women. I don't. I don't like. I don't like bitch ass dudes, and I don't like bitch ass women. And like, I don't I like, like bitch ass bitches. Yeah, you know I'm saying. Yeah, I don't like bitch ass bitches. That's <laughs> bitch ass bitches. Okay. They have television shows. They're the Ooh, They just wear mm. you down. Mm. Mm. Okay. Take so what serious. I did was I like to find authorities mm. in the community mm. that can help us to identify what it is a bitch ass is. Okay. Mm. And today's Lucky person is Q Real Talk. Blogspot. Okay. Okay. And he's given us the 15 signs of a bitch ass nigga. And I, I thought that was pretty dope. Preach on. Okay. Number one, Ralph, you not in the, in the single game no more, but maybe in your younger days you remember this. If you calling the chick and she don't answer her phone, and you look at your boy and say, "Let me use your phone real quick." You a bitch ass nigga. Bitch ass nigga. <laughs> Sean? Bitch ass nigga. You a bitch ass nigga. Bitch ass nigga. Everybody agrees. Bitch ass nigga. <laughs> That's a bitch ass nigga. That's a bitch ass nigga. Like, stop it. No, She's no. not answering She's the not first time. She's not in your homie. Read the like, book. Stop it. And ladies, the same goes for you too. If the man ain't calling you, just own that in your insides and Quick. just say, maybe I should do something else. Maybe I should knit. Quick side note. I'm or really, make biscuits. Uh, I'm, dig- I'm making biscuits. I'm really digging the show uh, Marlon. Marlon? What that, is this? Uh, that just started on NBC. It's very funny. Oh, Marlon Wayans. Yeah, it's Love funny. him. It's a good show. It's uh, my sister, dude. The sister on the show, uh, the Pam on the show, for lack of a better word, she says... Uh, she was dating a dude, and she told him, she was like, I can call the police the second time. I know it's time to leave. <laughs> she said, right. I mean. I know it's time to go. What happened? If you get on the internet and finger fight with a nigga talking about, nigga, you know what this is, you a bitch ass nigga. You told a bitch ass nigga. <laughs> you told a bitch ass nigga. You know what I'm saying? Double side that bitch ass nigga. If you start talking, like, instead of really getting it in, y'all start, like, play fighting. Yeah, like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no. no you a bitch ass nigga. Bitch ass nigga. If you always okay, if you okay, here's a good one. Mm. If you owe a nigga money and he asks about it, and when he asks about it, you say, "Nigga, it's only twenty dollars," and you owed him twenty dollars for three months. You bitch ass. <laughs> you bitch ass nigga. We have to give. I'm, I'm, I'm saying I owe people money, and I understand, you know, shit happens. 
But like, the, and you know, the part two to that is, if you owe somebody money, don't let them see you spending money. Ooh, that's the worst thing to I've get been, you fired I've been, up. I've been that bitch ass thing. Because <laughs> then you I will become money. a bitch ass. Right, and the dudes will be like, "Yo, so I see them shoes. Those are nice for the ring, like sixty bucks." And then you try to play it off like, "Oh no." Nah, then I got these. The, 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 Somebody gave me these. I want these on a radio contest. Okay. <laughs> If you are quote unquote thug mm. and you own and the only niggas you ever beef with who is niggas that's not in the streets. Nah, you bitch ass. You a bitch ass nigga. You a bitch ass nigga. And you're not a real thug. You a bitch ass nigga and you're not a real thug. Okay, the last one. The last one. If you go to the club with anything with glitter or rhinestones on it. <laughs> High level Ed Hardy bitch ass nigga. <laughs> yeah, no. Mm-hmm. Paisley is alright because my man Paisley, Ralph had to Paisley. kill a Paisley shoe. You gotta do a classic. You, you can't be like, that's the problem, man. A lot of these balance, but that. Mm-hmm. They got no swag. No swag, son. No you got swag. see, this was this was no a swag. good this was that's a good a good, good episode. This is a good enough, you know. Cube real talk. He killed it. He killed it. Ralph, there's one more thing I want to do with you because only a few people have. Uh oh, he found another one. If you still walking around saying that's still my bitch and she married with kids and you ain't spoke to your and spoke to your ass in four years. Shout out to sperm donor. (laughs) You know who you are. (laughs) AKA replacement nigga. You a bitch ass. You a bitch. Okay, the last thing I wanna do is to induct you into a Hall of Fame. What? Uh oh. There's a Cafe Nima Tickle Me Tuesdays Hall of Fame. And you are an inductee. Don't cry. Don't cry. We goes ways to the way back. I I talk about your room um, super nostalgically because uh, your room has a very distinct place in my heart. Because uh, your room is the first uh, room where I... I uh, was in the middle of having a good set and then almost jumped off the stage to kill somebody. <laughs> shit. I remember. And I can remember everybody being like, yo, Ralph, you're killing it. Ignore that dude. And I'm like, no, fuck that, B. I'm like, nah. <laughs> we were nah. just like watching why Ralph is he, why is, why is come Ralph apart. I was totally falling apart. And I had a great set. I was falling <laughs> apart. And this dude started singing a beer song at the end of my set. And I literally jumped off the stage at this white dude. I still don't even know him. I hope he got deported. But uh, oh my god, yeah, well, it was I'll a rough see. night, B. It was, a, but I, but your room was good for that. Like your Thank room, you. your room would always bring stuff out of me. Uh, and I feel oh, I'm in the Hall of Fame. That's, that's dope. You are in the Hall of Fame. I pour some out, but you got wood floor. Yeah, no, nah, don't do that. My yeah. cat might drink it. True, that cat ain't really moving. <laughs> she, she on her last legs. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so yeah, so once we get the plaque, it's gonna be your name. There's gonna be some metal, and it's gonna be you engraved. Oh. That's awesome. Into the so Hall of Fame. The only other inductees so far. Oh, there's two others. Leon Scott fair. and Mark Carter. Oh, totally fair. Okay. Totally fair. Those are my boys. Bit, uh, well, well, they haven't been on the show that you have, they have to come on the show first. Yeah, no, I can't think of anybody else. Everybody else has been years. <laughs> well, they gonna they gonna get a call too. Watch. Yeah, I'll be like, hey, 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 how you doing? So, Ralph, you know what? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for coming on the show. I enjoyed it. it Will fun. you please come back? Mm, absolutely. Yes. Y'all heard that, okay? Absolutely. So, we're going to come back. And Ralph and I are going to put something uh, together. I might even, because uh, you almost you almost had an extra guest today. Oh. Because I thought you had a dog, but you did not since you have a cat. Uh, I use your dog, your fake dog, in this case, and not bring my son. Oh. <laughs> uh, if I brought my son, he'd have been the whole interview. Oh, snap. We, we love the kids. Oh, uh, you know, man. My son is walking birth control. Like, <laughs> he's cute. When you leave, when you leave, everybody's like, see, that's why I ain't got kids. Like, that's, like, that's, time. Like, that's why I ain't got kids. That's why I ain't got kids. Okay. I got a cat, nigga. That's why I ain't got kids. Hey, Gigi, where you at? Thank you, Sean, for coming in. Um, Sean, for holding it down for us. Ralph, is you are the bomb. Goodbye, uh, puppies. Thank you. Uh, Super Puppy Podcast. This is Tony, Chicago Slim, and I'm out. Out. <laughs>